Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 12.33 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer from the city's south side from the home office. Brennan Escott. Socially distanced at the 630 Chad Studios. Uh, this is Oilers Now. Reese Chris Steakhouse, greatest steak you've ever had. Edmonton owned and operated. Open Wednesday through Sunday from 5 p.m. until close. Head down to 9990 Jasper Avenue. Tell Brendan, Maggie, and Taylor and the staff at Roos Chris that Oilers Now sent you. Well, our, our next guest had the misfortune of uh, being stuck on a plane for two years listening to stupid suggestions on a daily basis by a young, dumb color guy. I'm now getting older, but I'm not exactly smarter. But we are pleased to be joined by our Oilers Now headliner today for Touchback Safety. Your safety is their goal. Discover your safety training solutions at touchbacksafety.com. Actually, it was three years because for one year he was the associate coach. Two years as a former head coach of the Edmonton Oilers, now running Hockey Canada. We welcome back to the show Tom Rennie. Hello, Tom. How are you? Good, Bob. How are you doing? Good. You remember how mad I was that we didn't draft Brendan Gallagher? <laughs> yes, I do. Amongst other things, yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, anyhow, uh, look, uh, we got some clarity on the World Juniors, and we just heard from Gary Bettman talking about Edmonton as a hub city, and it looks like for the next two years, uh, Edmonton, is going to be uh, heavily involved in the World Junior uh, front as well uh, with IIHF, and that obviously bodes well for Hockey Canada. Just your thoughts on um, on sort of the structure of what's going to occur here in the next couple of years at the World Junior level. Well, like, uh, like everything else we're doing in this day and age, Bob, it'll be unique, and um, and I can appreciate that um, you know people are wondering exactly what this might look like. First and foremost, this doesn't happen without the I, without the IIHF um, embracing this and endorsing it completely, and nor does next year happen without Sweden relinquishing their opportunity to host and giving that to Canada. That was a real important step for us. Um, recognizing that this year, Bob, it'll be tough. I mean, we're going to have no fans. Um, you know, I, I don't. The revenue won't be close to what it's been in the past, and, and that's not the be-all, end-all. Health and safety is number one, of course. But giving our, um, you know, our our, our business sponsors, uh, our partners, and most importantly, the fans of Edmonton, an opportunity to come in into a full rink and, and watch the, the event uh, a year from now was absolutely essential to us. 
Yeah, uh, we should uh, mention also Red Deer uh, in a year from now will be back on board and Edmonton and Red Deer are part of the Halika Gretzky as well. There's been a partnership there. Uh, this is all part of sort of Hockey Canada's plan to involve as many communities as possible. You do get the event two years in a row. Um, it, it, is it, I mean, it, I think it shows openness from other countries. You referenced Sweden, but it does show openness from other countries because Canada is such a strong country at this level, uh, Tom, that, that, you know, that has to be in the back of the mind of some of these other countries and their leadership groups. Just, you know, is Canada at a bit of an advantage because they're hosting two years in a row? Well, maybe. Um, you know, I, I think everybody's at an advantage if Canada hosts two years in a row, quite honestly. And there, there's two reasons for that. Number one, just the recognition of the game, um, giving uh, other players from other federations an opportunity uh, to play in such an event that will be highly, highly publicized and certainly well attended. We know that. The other thing, and this is what's most important, Bob, is that I think the hockey world, the IIHF, realize and understand that um, but Canada has done a heck of a job with COVID. Um, we recognize numbers increase, and, you know, it, it, it's such an ebb and flow here that it's hard to kind of pinpoint it. But we have done a very, very good job of dealing with COVID. And there's a certain peace of mind, um, you know, and, and an opportunity to pe- for people to get their head around this event and recognize that we've done an awful lot right here. And why wouldn't we go back to where we feel the safest? And this isn't necessarily the case for other major international events, Tom, but it is for the World Juniors, which is such a big just the fact that we're going to get a chance to play it this this year because you guys unfortunately have had to cancel you know some of your camps for the various different levels that didn't you know and the different events the u18s and that sort of thing that they didn't get a chance to participate in playing and that's got to be really discouraging for those kids but i guess you got to make the best out of each situation well, well, you do, and, and you know the IHF is only armed with the information they have, of course, and you know that's a that's a tough decision for them to make, to say the least. And, and um, notwithstanding that we've already canceled the Women's World Championship that was to happen in Halifax and Toronto, which was real severe for that for that group, and and certainly for the women to play um, women's under 18, same thing. Um, you know the IHF made some very very tough decisions on who could go this year and who couldn't. And quite honestly, I think there's. Uh, 10 categories of, uh, of hockey that had been cancelled in this uh, past week. Um, uh, we, were, we were sort of the last one standing with respect to the World Junior Championship. Maybe the Men's World Championships and Women's World Championships down the road remains to be seen, but uh, we feel very fortunate that we're having this event, uh, event at all. Tom, are you going to be able to have a training camp like you traditionally have for the World Juniors in early December? We're hoping so. Um, you know, we're looking at a process right now that will give us an opportunity to um, some hub activity, if you will, in, in Western Hockey League and Ontario Hockey League uh, cities where we can get national team uh, under-20 potentials out, under-18 potentials out, under-17 potentials out uh, to participate in hubs and at least train uh, and get themselves ready for what could be their regular season, of course. Um, and then some type of participation, at least for some of those players, with an under-20 event uh, in December. We anticipate uh, that I think the Quebec League is starting. They're hoping to start early October. I know that the OHL and Western Hockey League hope to start uh, at the very latest beginning of December. We hope the hubs don't interfere with that and that we would be able to then regroup um, in some type of a training capacity, a selection camp capacity uh, prior to... Uh, Driving safe doesn't always protect you from... Um, but boy, you know, recognizing too that, um, you know, that 
that Ridger is a key player in all of this, uh, you know, and, and identify with what they might be able to do for us in some type of a pre-camp remains to be seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, but certainly, as you mentioned, Bob, we're really looking forward to, you know, them being a part of any process, of course, next year. Uh, in this scenario, then, I guess we're joined right now by Tom Rennie, who's the CEO of Hockey Canada. Bob Stoffer with you on Oilers now. Tom, um, is it possible that you might, I mean, you guys have kind of cut back the size of the, the training camps because you've had the summer camp and then you have the, the December camp. You've kind of cut the size of that camp back anyway. I, I'm just wondering, because of this unique situation, would you maybe expand it a little bit more theoretically or have you had those conversations yet? We're just starting to talk about that now, and I think the hubs that we are contemplating uh, will give us an opportunity to look at a fairly large number of athletes that could be available at the the under-20 event. Um, It's conceivable, too, though, Bob, that we'll try to keep the the cohort as small as we possibly can, the hub as small as we possibly can, um, but at the same time give ourselves a chance to pick a winning team. How closely are you following... You know, Tom, from your perspective, and I, I you know, because I know that you, you love other sports too, but like things like European soccer, uh, they're kind of back up and at them. The German League, the Bundesliga was the first to really get going. Are you, are, you know, I'm a huge NCAA football fan. The SEC starts this week coming up. Are you watching the other pro leagues and the other amateur leagues as well to, to see how they're kind of handling things? Yes, we are. Um, there's no question of that. I think more than anything else, we're you know we're watching very closely you know the health and safety of those athletes around those events, and uh, no more so than here in Canada and you know, how things are going, uh, province to province, uh, community to community, uh, daily. Uh, you know, th- th- this is not this is not a slam dunk, Bob. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, this could still end up working uh, against us. Um, you know, yep. with respect to the health and safety of uh, all participants, and that includes, um, you know, those working in hotels and those working in restaurants and, and those types of things. We have to be very, very, very careful here. And, and in no way, shape, or form is this a slam dunk yet. All right. At at its height, the Edmonton Hub had 12 teams. Uh, in two hotels, one uh, owned by a guy you know well, Tom Gillardi, the owner of the Dallas Stars, uh, and then the other one obviously owned by Daryl Cates, the owner of the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, is it 10 teams, theoretically, that w- would be a part of this year's upcoming World Juniors? Yeah, there'll be 10 teams um, in uh, in two hotels. Uh, we will not have the same latitude that the National Hockey League did with um, an opportunity, at least, to stay within their bubble and go enjoy a day on the golf on the golf range or, or whatever. <laughs> we are we are staying very close to the hotel. We are okay. busing maybe 800 yards to the arena, um, you know, and busing them back, and, and that's it. It's a very very small bubble, maybe even more manageable because of that. Uh, we feel very strongly about the safety of the athletes, as I've mentioned before. And uh, we feel very strongly that, that it will be a successful event, Bob. And, um, you know, and because of that, we're grateful to the fact that I'm not sure if you're aware, but we had a, hundreds of thousands of, of uh, requests for tickets in the lottery. Yes, yes. And we, we've, we've pretty much sold out. And that's why we needed to go after 22. We, we, we had to make sure that we had 22 in order to honor those, uh, those ticket buyers that uh, are, are feel comfortable with hanging on to their spot because we know that we'll be uh, real busy again. And, uh, you know, so the fact of the matter is we needed 22 to make sure we could honor those tickets. Yeah, the uh, there's a guy named Kevin Radomski who's uh, working as part of this group uh, on the World Juniors. That's from the Oilers' office. He's been an unbelievable uh, young guy, just an absolute grinder. So I know that he was really excited. 
Outstanding! Really excited for you, you guys. Uh, how could you like? How do you? How could you envision the? Uh, like it's Canada. We have high expectations. You know the old joke, right? We're with you, win or win. But how good of a, yeah. like how good of how good of a team do you think you're going to have this year for the potential World Juniors? Um, I think we'll be good. You know, I, I think we can always say that, and, and uh, you know, we should be in the hunt for medal. Um, it remains to be seen. There's other factors involved, of course, and you know, if the National Hockey League's playing, you know, who might be available or not. Uh, to us from that domain, it's hard to say. I, I, I do feel very good um, about our, our preparation. I feel very good about our coaching staff. Uh, I feel good about the experience that we might be able to put on the ice with having won last year. Um, that's all very, very important to us. Um, and at the same time, uh, I know that even though Brad McEwen has, is no longer with him, has, with us and has joined uh, Vegas, um, he's done an outstanding job identifying talent and uh, putting us in a position to procure that talent and put it on the ice. Yeah, uh, no surprise Brad ends up at Vegas. But Kelly McCrimmon uh, connection there. Uh, Tom Rennie, the CEO of Hockey Canada. Tom, one of the things that's happened here is guys haven't had a chance to play since the middle of March. Skill development, and I, I know it was always an emphasis of yours, and I think it's been even furthered here, but I think something needs to be stated for all of the various coaches out there and, and support people that are helping bring along these young players. And I think there's a real emphasis and, and a real improvement in terms of the skill abilities of Canadian players across the country, and these skill coaches have played a factor in that happening. Uh, outstanding uh, remark, Bob. Appreciate that. There's no question that the skill coaches across the country have done an excellent job of identifying what needs to be worked on. That, too, though, is a, good, a real credit to uh, the Canadian Hockey League, the CGHL, you know, the constituents out there that actually understand the value of skill development. And I, and I couldn't suggest it any stronger than I already have. And I'll tell you, this: the, the one thing about returning to hockey is that it's it's not about a race to be first. It's about a race to be right. And, um, you know, whether you're working on the ice with six players or 16 players or 26 players, the whole idea here is to make sure that we reacquaint ourselves with skill development, with a strong, solid base and a broad base of highly talented and skilled players, which I think we're starting to recognize exists in the, ho- in, in, uh, the National Hockey League and in hockey in general, and a good number of those from Canada. Yeah, uh, I, I know that, uh, look, the, I think it's 48% of players, or maybe it's 44% of players in the NHL are Canadian. They actually have a higher percentage of that of the goals scored. Uh, so it kind of speaks volumes in terms of the ability. I, I, I would notice that, and hey, uh, we'd be remiss without mentioning, uh, Tom, there has been a... Uh, a significant social awareness take place in society. This has never been an area that uh, you guys, in my opinion, have lacked. I think you've always kind of been on the the forefront of recognizing the importance of making sure that hockey is inclusive to everybody, and it's going to continue to do so moving forward in your organization, isn't it? It sure is, Bob. It's a, at the end of the day, it's about creating citizenship and making sure that it's it's a healthy, vibrant citizenship. And if we can lend our name to that and, and through the great partnership that we have with OEG, for example, in this place, but uh, across the country, um, you know, we have that obligation to make the experience everything we possibly can and make good, great Canadian citizens out of it. Tom, we appreciate your time. We'll let you get to a meeting here at 1 o'clock. Thanks for joining us on Oilers Now. My pleasure, Bob. Take care of yourself. You bet. That's Tom Rennie, former Edmonton Oilers head coach. Uh, he is the CEO of Hockey Canada. Canada uh, will have the next two World Junior Championships. They'll both be in Edmonton.
the hub city of Edmonton coming up for 2021. And then in 21-22, Edmonton and Red Deer, when hopefully we have fans uh, back in the buildings. This year, obviously, we'll be in the hub, and there will be no fans at the event. Uh, obviously, there's big partnerships involved for Hockey Canada. TSN is a major television partner of the World Junior Championship. I'd assert to you that TSN has substantially grown the uh, interest of uh, the world juniors at least in um, they made it a spectacular event a lot of that happened during the days when bob nicholson uh, was the ceo and uh, and tom rennie the former winners head coach uh, now in that role and they've uh, got several major corporate partners that uh, you'll see a lot of uh, coming up here over the course of the next four months and yes canada hey they're canada they're expected to uh, to have a good team every year. That's just kind of how it works, and they are the reigning champs, and maybe they were a marginal surprise, I think, to win last year, and we'll see. We'll see where we're at. Uh, Brandon, I'm going to put you on the spot. Actually, Brandon, I'll give you a minute to think about this. Um, based on Gary Bettman's words on Saturday, is it feasible that the NHL season would start after the world juniors have concluded uh there's a chance the world junior event would start before what was originally scheduled december 26 maybe it gets going uh i don't know december for the sake of argument december 15th and wraps up december 31st does that change the complexion in terms of who is potentially available because if all of canada's players are available they're going to be hard to beat we'll discuss that when we come back get to a bunch of your texts you're listening to winners now Hi, this is Mike Smith from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chet. Tom Rennie was the Oilers Now headliner for touchback safety. Your safety is their goal. Discover your safety training solutions at touchbacksafety.com. Momentarily, we'll get to the Oilers Now. Well, it's the NHL injury report brought to you by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. But, I, 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 Brendan, I, I just want to circle back. From like, I'm I'm wondering here with the NHL whether or not they start after the World Juniors have concluded. Because if they start after the World Juniors have concluded, that mean that's going to mean that everybody's theoretically best junior 19 and under players are going to be fully available for the tournament. That's been part of the challenge at times for Canada. Is Canada has had kind of a disproportionately higher amount of guys playing in the NHL. That are like as an example, Philip Roberg would be playing for Sweden. That'd be exciting. After you know, he's this year he's on the power play uh, in Shalaftia. Last year, strictly in a defensive shutdown role, he's already got a goal and two assists in his first game. Um, so, what do you think, Brendan? Is there a chance we're actually going to see a better tournament in in part because? Of maybe the fact that the NHL uh, theoretically could delay the start of the... I mean, the Oilers can't play at Edmonton, as an example, if the World Junior Hub's taken place end of December into early January. And, I mean, maybe they're in a different hub. I don't know, but I'd like to get your thoughts on that. What do you think? It, it does seem like an awfully difficult undertaking if they're going to try and overlap having the NHL season start again in early December and then run that tournament here a few weeks thereafter. But it, it's from a point of like, it, I don't think that they're going to lose anything as the league by starting a month later. If anything, you know, watching how much they took their time in executing this playoffs that we're currently in so effectively that it's become basically the benchmark, it seems, as far as how, you know, 
certainly the IIHF is going to do things. So I don't think that they're going to rush a decision here. I don't think that they stand to lose a whole lot if it starts the first week of January, the next NHL season, I mean. And then you talk about the caliber of hockey that's going to be played not only by Team Canada, but there will be a roster boost right across the board. And certainly if I'm one of those middle-tier countries, I'm a little bit worried about the caliber of players Canada's going to get back. But uh, as a spectator, as a fan, are you kidding me? We haven't had one of these tournaments in like a decade and a half where everybody's available. So that'll be awesome. You nailed it. Uh, 94-95, a lot of people think that that was the best Canadian team ever. I think they outscored teams like 49-10 to 10 or something. That tournament was in Red Deer. It was incredibly cold that year. What was taking place in 94-95? The lockout. Okay, We had a lockout that year. We didn't have any games. We ended up having a 48-game schedule take place, and that occurred after the World Juniors were over. Then in 4 5 Oh, wait, Bob, you're wrong. The best team wasn't 94-95. It was 0405. Well, we didn't have any NHL hockey at all that year, okay? The league shut down for a year, and a lot of people have suggested that was the league doing it for teams like Edmonton and Calgary in order to uh, hammer through a salary cap. Well, how good was that World Junior team in 0405? Now, my personal observation as a guy who started, you know, watching the World Juniors probably around 19 on a consistent basis, around 85, 86, is the 0405 team is better than the 94, 95 team. You know, I mean, that, that 0405 team had players like Bergeron and Crosby. Those are pretty, those are pretty good. Shea Weber, you know, like, it was a pretty good team. And they hammered the Russians in the final. And, oh, by the way, the Russians had Melkin and Ovechkin. So uh, I'm just kind of looking at this a wee bit, thinking to myself, hmm, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, it could be... Uh, it could be pretty uh anyways uh it could be pretty interesting to see what could happen when you have everybody that's potentially available to, to play like would we have just off the top of our heads here and you can text me on the Ashley Fine Floors text line would there be guys that played last year like Barrett Hayton is he still I don't know if he's still eligible but would there be guys that played on the team last year that would be eligible this year that were probably slotted to make their NHL teams, but we're not going to likely have NHL hockey. I mean, maybe we get going December 1st, and maybe they play in different hubs. Like, maybe there's a Canadian hub, and the Canadian hub is in Vancouver for the Oilers, and that's where the seven Canadian teams rotate and play games. Maybe that's how they do it. I, I, but to me, it wouldn't surprise me if the NHL started after the conclusion of the World Junior Championship. Again, you can text us. At 780-496-0063. Bob, maybe Red Deer will host Oilers games during juniors. Uh, I don't see Red Deer being a hub. This text comes in our Ashley Fine Floors text line. Bob, I'd like to see Zach Yassian or Tyler Ennis on McDavid's wing. If either of them aren't going or on any given night, then you can slide up Neil or Athanasiu for a few periods. That's the nice part of having versatile forwards that can move up and down your lineup. Well, Andreas Athanasiu needs to be qualified at $3 million. The orders don't have a lot of cap space. In my mind, they need, with the cap space they have, unless they're going to move some money out, they need to prioritize goal uh, first. They're going to need another goalie on top of Miko Goskin. I'm not sure what's going to happen with Athanasiu. Ennis could re-sign here. That's a possibility, but he's coming off a pretty significant injury. The, the same texter that's asking me about uh, Cassian and Ennis has this to say, Bob, 
Kirby Dock would be eligible to play for Team Canada. How crazy is that? See, that's that's the sort of now 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 I'm going to want to check that. I've got it up right now. If you'd like to hear some of the others, go of course. For it. Alexi Lafreniere would be the number one guy that can come back along with Connor McMichael and uh, Quinton Beefield or Byfield is in 2002, so he'll be back. As will Dawson Mercer. Uh, Dylan Cousins is there. Jamie Drysdale on the back end along with Bowen Byram. None of the goalies, but uh, that's a pretty good crop up front. And is Doc, uh, I'm just looking for the birth date here. Now i got to sit there and do the math on Kirby Doc, just to recall. Um, and I'm a big Kirby Doc. I mean, think of how well Kirby Doc played against Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. Uh Yeah, Kirby Doc uh, does not turn 20 until January of uh, January 21st, 2000. And 21. So he would be eligible to play for. That's <laughs> kind of funny. Uh, he'd be eligible to play for Team Canada. No, and I don't even know if the Blackhawks would do that. Like maybe the feeling would be. No, it, and I guess part of it's going to depend on training camp. Uh, remember, Ryan Nugent Hopkins played the. Uh, what would have been for. Yeah, 12-13, Ryan Nugent Hopkins. That was the year that we had the lockout for half a year and got in a 48-game schedule. Ryan Nugent Hopkins was down in Oklahoma City to start the year and then joined the World Juniors after the year before in 11-12, playing for Tom Rennie and having 52 points in 62 games that season in the NHL. Then the next season went on the World Junior team. I was over in Russia that year. Nugent had 15 points in six games and was voted the best uh, tournament in the forward. Then watched Neil Yakupov dance around the ice after the Russians uh, won on a net drive by Valery Nichushkin, where Ryan Murphy got beat hard to the hole. I think if you've listened to the show, you know my feelings on Ryan Murphy. It's 1258 at Edmonton. Uh, off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. And when we come back on Oilers Now, we'll get to the one and only John Shannon. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.